ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. We are continuing on through our study of Psalm 23. And this, as I was preparing for this, um, just in my own devotional life, the Lord used this portion of the psalm to bless my heart in such an immense way. I'm really, and has continued to do so as I have just really tried to meditate on these thoughts. So I pray that it will do the same thing for you. I hope that this study um, has been beneficial for you. You know, sometimes in having a podcast and seeing all the stats and the numbers, um, something like this does not quite get the uh, listens or the downloads that something with a more practical, life applicable, you know, um, cleaning with little children or, uh, you know, kitchen things or something like that might get um, just be and especially and I've said this before because Psalm 23 is such a familiar passage and I understand people are limited with time so you only um, have so much uh, time that you can choose to give to things so if you're looking at a list of episodes you might think well I'm really not doing well in the cleaning area so I'm going to listen to this instead of the Psalm 23 episode maybe um But I pray that the Lord will just have the women listen to these episodes who he desires to have listened to these episodes. And and that's what I always pray with everyone that I record. You know, the content is so varied and I do that on purpose. I do that to try to minister to a broad audience, um, to try to always have something new and fresh and interesting. Um, But I do ask the Lord that whoever you want to listen to these episodes, um, that you will have listened to these episodes. And so let me just also insert here, if there is an episode that is a blessing to you or is an encouragement to you, um, if you could share that, that would be a blessing to me and Lord willing, it would be a blessing to other people. You know, I know I am so much more apt to listen to something that someone has shared um, and who has just said by a personal testimony that it was impactful or a blessing or an encouragement to their life. Um, So, you know, and, and, all the episodes I enjoy. Obviously, I put my heart into all of them. Um, but these Bible study ones are just extra. Um, and and they're, they have a depth that some of the others might not just due to the content. Um, you know, in, in all of it, I try to glorify the Lord. I try to um, share what He is giving me to share. Um, but when I do these Bible study ones, these are mainly His words and not my words. Um, so let's just settle in. And let's see what the Lord has for us today as we study through Psalm 23. As always, we're going to start with reading through the whole psalm. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Quick recap. We have looked at the Lord is my shepherd. And I, I say this every time, but I could not be more passionate about this message. If you cannot say with 100% assurance and certainty in your heart and life that the Lord is your, make it personal, your shepherd, then reach out to someone who can help you answer that question. Um, feel free to reach out to me, no higher calling podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at no higher calling underscore. Find someone who can help you settle the assurance of your eternity, of your soul's salvation, so that you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, because that's the hinge pin. That's the hinge pin for this entire psalm is having that confidence. So as we go on, David says, I shall not want. Why shall we not want? Why shall we lack nothing? Why is there nothing that, that we need? Because our sufficiency is found in our shepherd, in the Lord being our shepherd. Then we talked about how he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You can go back and catch those episodes um, and find all the rich truth that God had in those. But today we come to the phrase, he restoreth my soul. Ladies, this is so, so rich. So when I was reading through this, I read He Restoreth, and I just, I was captivated by that. I I mean, we continue on to my soul, and we're going to continue on um, through the study, going through all of the words that are in this psalm. But when I saw this word restoreth, there is just so much uh, gems of truth that we can mine out from this word. That really it has just captivated my attention. And that's what I hope to convey to you as we take a little moment and pause and really dig deep into this phrase, He restoreth my soul. Charles Spurgeon, a um, famous English preacher, said, When the soul grows sorrowful, he revives it. When it is sinful, he sanctifies it. When it is weak, he strengthens it. Praise the Lord that the Lord, our shepherd, promises us that he will restore our soul. What does restore mean? Restore means to revive, renew, or refresh. Do you need your soul restored? Um, you know, there is obviously a restoration work that is done in the work of salvation, in the, um, you know, assurance of Christ being your shepherd, that really restoring a fallen man to a righteous and holy God, all done through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Um, I read a quote by Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth that said, we are living a transition between paradise lost and paradise restored. So we had Eden. We had the beginning where all was right. Um, there was no sin. There was perfection. But paradise was lost. Man fell into sin. Um, and that is where we are living now. We're in the transition of this. We are living in the broken world that is marred by sin. But praise God, it doesn't have to stay that way. Jesus Christ made a way 
that our souls can be restored, that um, when God looks at us, he no longer sees a sinful account that deserves the punishment of death and hell. That if we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, his righteousness is imputed to our account. And when God looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ, he says, these are my children. This is my son. This is my daughter bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. So we have this paradise lost. We're in that transition. Paradise will be restored one day. One day, Jesus promises he is coming again. He's calling all of those who are his to be with him forevermore. This earth, this world will be destroyed. A new heaven, a new earth will be set up. There will be the final judgment and all will be restored to its former glory, to a world and, and a people where sin does not mar, where brokenness, where tragedy, where heartache, where tears, where sorrow does not reside. All is right. All is well. All is as it was originally intended to be with God reigning uh, on high supreme and Satan forevermore being put um, in, into the lake of fire. And, um, so, so we're in this transitional period of the restoration. So the restoration of your soul is the foundational point through salvation. And then I'd already touched on that with the Lord is my shepherd phrase, but beyond that, because we are still even as saved Christian believers, Jesus followers, we still are walking and trudging and going down this sanctification road in a world that is filthy. And we often get the muck and the mire and the dirt on us, attached to us, because we are still living in this present evil world. And um, we've just been reading again through uh, the Little Pilgrim's Progress. Simeon's been reading it to our children. And you know, Christian, when he when he lost his burden at the foot of the cross, the shining ones came and gave him a brand new, beautiful white robe from the king. But as Christian walked his pilgrimage to the celestial city, as he walked that journey, his robe got spotted. It got dirty. Um, he still had that robe. He had the robes of righteousness, but he had to wash that because just the the simple things of going through life um, can often influence and affect us. I mean, that's just a picture of what our lives look like. There are points in our lives um, where we need that uh, restoring and refreshing and renewing. Um, you know, David prays, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. This isn't a prayer of salvation. At this point, David is trusted in the Lord, his shepherd. But this is a prayer after David has done a great sin where his robes have been stained. Um, his, his reputation, his testimony for Christ has been tarnished. And he prays, restore a right spirit, revive, renew, refresh within me, a right spirit before you, oh God. And do you know what God promises? God promises that if we draw nigh to him, that he will draw nigh to us. That if we ask him, um, to wash us clean. He will whiter than snow. And as I was looking through this, I realized that it is after the green pastures and the still waters that our souls are 
restored. As we're walking with the shepherd and maybe as the sheep, we get off the path, we get in the thicket, we get in the mud. Um, the shepherd tenderly, lovingly brings us back into the fold, leads us to the green pastures, causes us to rest in him, in the safety and the security of him. He takes us to the still waters. We talked about um, the water of his word, how that washes us. He's taken us to that point. And now the, the shepherd, the shepherd says, he restoreth my soul. We are refreshed through the water of his word. And Jesus says that he himself is our living water. We see that in John 4 with the story of the Samaritan woman. She comes to the well um, at, a, at a really off time. Why? Because she doesn't want to be there when all the other women are there. Because she knows that she not only is a sinner, but she is openly living in sin and she didn't want to deal with the other women or maybe the other women wouldn't let her come to the well um, because of her sinful position. Whatever uh, reason or multiple reasons it was, here she is by herself at a well. And Jesus sits down at the well, um, which not only was this odd because he was a man speaking to a woman there, but he was also a Jewish man speaking to a Samaritan woman. And Jesus Jesus asks her, he starts this conversation with her about water and uh, talking about the living water where her soul shall never thirst again. And she's confused at first. She's trying to understand what he's talking about. Um, but through the conversation, he comes to share with her, I am that living water. Water. Drink of me and you will never thirst again. And it is amazing to me. We're going to talk about this a little bit later in the episode about how this woman's life was restored. Her life was broken. She had had five husbands. She was now living with a man who was not her husband. So much brokenness, repeated brokenness, compounded brokenness. And yet when she met the source of the living water, her life, her soul, her faith, was restored. We find restoration in Christ, our living water. And as I was reading through this, um, I was brought to a few verses in Isaiah that I just want to share with you quick. In Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert Rivers in the desert. We're talking about this um, lying down in the green pastures, leading beside the still waters, finding a restoration of your soul, of washing yourself of the sin, washing yourself of the dirt that you pick up along the way, having that spirit, that right spirit restored, returning into a, an intimate, beautiful fellowship with our Savior, with our Shepherd. And um, then, then I come to this verse about rivers in the desert. And this just made me think and want to share the encouragement that there are times in my life and I'm sure um, in your lives as just life happens. And usually more often than not, life brings into it things, desert valleys, desert seasons that we didn't see coming, that we didn't necessarily choose for ourselves, that we might look at and say, Lord, why? Why is this? Why does this have to be a part of my story? I've asked that question before. I've asked that question before in the midst of streams of tears. Why? Why do I have to go through this? Why am I in this desert season? 
But let me remind you again of what we've talked about, how that David the shepherd knew the topography of the land. He knew that there was going to be a difficult point for the sheep. But if they followed him, if they trusted him, they would come to the green pastures. They would come to the still waters where their soul could be restored. And the knowledge and the heart of the shepherd knew that his sheep could make it from A to B, that there might be difficulty in between, but that they would make it and they would come to a point where they would be refreshed, where they would need that refreshment and they would choose that refreshment. Even more so, the Lord knows the topography of our lives. He knows when our desert seasons are going to be. He knows when our seasons of abundance are going to be. And he walks with us through those seasons. And sometimes in the midst of the desert, he will give you a river. He will give you an oasis. He will give you a spring of water that will refresh your soul. Um, And you know, it may not be an ocean full. It might just be a steady trickle, but it will always be enough because your shepherd wants to care for you. He loves you. He wants to provide all that you need. Remember, we shall not want because the Lord is our shepherd, even in these desert seasons, even in these seasons where we're confused, we're hurt, we're broken. The shepherd knows exactly what we need, and he's always there to provide it for us. Even in the desert, there is rivers. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I love this. And and I've done a whole episode um, talking about beauty for ashes and how the Lord did such a restorative work um, in in my life and in my family's life and in some of the relationships within my family. Um, But as I was reading this, I thought this tied in so well with the restoring of our soul that he, he trades, he gives that beauty for ashes. Um, you know, there was a custom in the culture of this time that if you were in a deep uh, time of grief or sorrow or of mourning, that you would literally adorn yourself in ashes to show the brokenness, to show the sorrow. But here, um, as I was looking into the, the, the translations, the Hebrew translations of these words, when I came to that word beauty, um, it, was, it was talking about beauty as an adornment. So here it's this trade. Instead of adorning yourself in the sorrow and in the brokenness, God is coming to you and saying, no, I can take that. And instead, you can be adorned with my beauty. You can wear the beauty of, of the Lord upon you. True beauty comes from the Lord. The world is going to tell us all these different definitions of what beautiful means, what beautiful looks like, but true beauty only comes from Jesus Christ. And as we walk in Christ's likeness, as we walk this road of sanctification, as our souls are restored, God will trade those ashes for an adornment of beauty. He continues on, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. You know, when I think of a tree, I think of something strong, of something solid, of something secure. And early in the Psalms, um, I believe it's Psalms 1, he talks about trees planted by the rivers of water. You know, I try to pray the very words of scripture for my children. And I often pray that for them. Lord, make them trees planted by the rivers of water. Again, tying the water back to Christ. 
the living water. You know, there's a difference between a, a tree and a dandelion. You know, a dandelion sprouts up and it so easily either gets mowed over or picked by a child or stepped on and squashed or uh, baked in the sun. But trees have deep roots. Trees stand for years and years, often centuries. Um, trees show strength. Trees show grounding. Trees show something that is deeply anchored and moored. And this is what God is saying here, that we can be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. I want that for my life. You know, I know I tend to think that I am steady and that I am strong, that I am trusting when I'm laying in the green pastures, when I'm beside the still waters, but insert these desert valleys, come the valley of the shadow of death, and all of a sudden, I don't feel quite so anchored. But we can remember that in the good times and in the bad times that he restoreth our soul. He gives us what we need. We shall not want. He walks with us. He can make us trees of righteousness that are not influenced by the weather, that are not blown over one day and standing the next, depending on the sunshine, but that are anchored, that are rooted in him. Why? And I love the end of this, that he might be glorified. Why does he exchange beauty for ashes? Why does he do this restorative work? Why does the shepherd, the great shepherd, our savior, why does he bother himself which, with such silly, distracted sheep who just so often more than not don't choose to walk in his way, who choose to frolic off after every little thing that flashes across our way because he loves us, because he desires that we be restored to him, because he is working daily, day in, day out through every one of our stories to restore paradise lost to paradise restored, to bring about the, the work of God in this world, this unfolding drama of redemption, of mankind being restored back to Christ. Because he receives glory from that, he's God. He is God of the, of the universe. He is creator. He is savior. He's bought us twice. He bought us by creation and he bought us by his blood. We are twice his. He does all of this in our lives, all of this restoring work for his glory. I want to end this episode with just something that the Lord has given me that has been such an encouragement to my heart. As I was thinking about this and thinking about the ways that the Lord has restored my life, um, it got me thinking about different people in the Bible that God restored, that God gave beauty to for ashes, this trade. He took their brokenness and he adorned them with his beauty. And so I'm going to read through a list of, of women in the Bible that God restored beauty to something that was broken. And why? Ultimately for his glory, so that we can sit here and listen to a podcast and say, praise be to the shepherd who restoreth our soul. Eve, God restored beauty to broken choices. Rahab, God restored beauty to a broken life. Hannah, God restored beauty to a broken heart. 
The demon-possessed daughter, God restored beauty to a broken mind. Mary Magdalene, God restored beauty to a broken past. The Samaritan woman, God restored beauty to a broken present. Leah, God restored beauty to a broken future. Ruth, God restored beauty to broken dreams. Elizabeth, God restored beauty to broken hopes. Gomer, God restored beauty to a broken marriage. Hagar, God restored beauty to broken trust. Naomi, God restored beauty to a broken spirit. Abigail, God restored beauty to a broken situation. Esther, God restored beauty to broken plans. Bathsheba, God restored beauty to broken purity. The woman with the issue of blood, God restored beauty to a broken body. And the list could go on and on and on. Put your finger on any character of the Bible and you will see um, beauty being restored to lives as they submit themselves to him, as they trust him as their shepherd, as they allow him to do that restoration work in their lives. And let me add my name there. Brittany, God has restored beauty to to brokenness. You know, we're all broken in one way or another. We're, we're all broken by sin. We're all sinners. But there are bits and pieces of our story that might be broken that we'd rather forget, whether it was of our own choosing or something that someone else made a wrong choice and it inflicted brokenness upon our lives and upon our story. But ladies, God can restore. God can adorn us with his beauty. Trade that trade out. He'll take our brokenness and he can restore beauty for his glory so that we can say that he restoreth my soul. Father, our great shepherd, I thank you that you love us, that you do this restorative work. Lord, I thank you for the restorative work that you have done in my life, how you have taken the broken pieces and how you have given me beauty. I pray that the beauty of Christ will shine upon me. I pray the same thing for these women, Lord, wherever they're at, whether they're on the mountaintop or in the desert valley where they're parched and desiring these waters. I pray you will meet each of us where we are in the seasons we're in and the needs that we're in and that you will give the green pastures, the still waters, and that you will restore our souls for your glory, for your honor. I pray that our lives will always tell the story of a restorative God, of a redemptive God, of a God who loves us and who loves others and wants to use our story to impact others for Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.